Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks. Listen up, Auto Thoughts and Decepticlowns. You're listening to Prime Cuts, a non-linear exploration of the Transformers franchise on television. I'm one of your hosts, Nero. And I'm your other host, Audrey. And we are in our first proper episode now, talking Transformers Armada slash Micron Legend, uh... Because we're, we're, I'm watching the dub, Audrey's watching the sub. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Now, before we start off talking about the first three episodes of, of Transformers Armada, because they are sort of a loose three-parter, um, we should talk about where Armada fits into the history of the franchise as a whole. Because I think it's actually a very pivotal show in terms of its, uh, the, yeah. uh, the franchise's history. So I want to take us back a little bit before Armada, Armada premiered to the year 2000. And over at Hasbro, Beast Machines is just about to wrap up. And they're looking at how Beast Machines performed as a toy line. And they're kind of tugging on their collars because Beast Machines severely under, underperformed compared to Beast Wars before it. Now... So, for, so to go back even further, uh, to be very clear... All Transformers media is not judged on its own merit. No no one actually, yeah, no one cares about it at Hasbro, about the quality of its own show. As the Wikipedia, as the Transformers Wikipedia page says, it has one purpose, and that is to sell, sell toys. toys. Some shows are better at hiding this fact than others. Um, and, and sometimes, despite that being the driving force behind it, they can make a genuinely good television show. Yes. But ultimately they are at the whims of Hasbro who wants to sell the little plastic figures. Now, lately I think that has been, they, they have sort of taken their hands off the reins a little bit because they have kind of multiple things going at once. Right. So, you know, right now we have Cyberverse, which is the more mainstream classically uh, audience, you know, aimed at the more regular audience of Transformers. Then there's the War for Cybertron trilogy toy line in the show, which is sort of aimed at the older collectors. Um, and there's also Rescue Bots Academy, which is the young the young side, the like the 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 sort of preschool aged uh, young kids show. So they don't really have to worry so much about how one show is performing, how one toy line is performing. But this was there not the case. Also, there are also two other extremely large driving forces right now which are the major motion pictures yes uh which were rebooted with bumblebee to an extent mm-hmm. um it's still technically i guess takes place in the same universe as same, the Bayverse movies sort of but like like bumblebee has so many continuity contradictions to the bay yeah. movies that it's like it's in name only i mean the bay movies didn't give a shit about their own continuity so right and they still don't. But those are also both, like, still in production. Like, there's supposed to be a sequel to Bumblebee and, like, a new Bayverse movie coming out. And, like, a Beast Wars movie. Yeah, that's good. That's the Bay one, is, I think. That's going to be weird. Yeah, the Bay, the Bay one is 
is I can't remember what which, but anyway, there's a Beast Wars movie coming out. Ron which is Perlman is going to be voicing uh, Optimus Primal, by the way, in that movie. F- fucking phenomenal. Uh, and um, the other driving force is like coming off in 2018, the end of a very successful comic run mm-hmm. that sort of reinvigorated its. Even even with the reboot in 2019, reinvigorated its comic sales as well. Yes. So Hasbro has its hands in a lot of pies. Also video games. Like the War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron um, video games did pretty well, actually. Yeah, I played and both of those, and they're good. And there have been like a number of mobile games as well that have been quite successful. A mobile card collecting game that was actually pretty fun. Um, so Hasbro has really expanded its... Uh, Transformers media probably really since 2007 since the um since the the Bayverse movies first started yeah, happening the and movie sort of... was the huge explosion that made Transformers yeah. a household name again right um, exactly it, it sort of like created a public consciousness of Transformers as a franchise that had been lacking before then but that was not the case back in 2000 they were still going on the model of you have a car a toy line and a cartoon that drives it. They had basically no ancillary media at all. No other stuff. So Beast Machines was their one thing. And for a variety of reasons, Beast Machines was not a hit. And I think, you know, we'll talk about it when we get there eventually. But Beast Machines is an extremely weird show. Like, yeah. it is... As a follow-up to Beast Wars, it is sort of baffling. But I also kind of really respect it. Just making, like, a show like, hey, this show is about, like religious struggles and spiritualism and identity where beast wars was full of fart jokes and, and waspinator was there like it's really <laughs> strange it's just like sex full of fart jokes waspinator is there mm, yeah like it's it's uh, beast machines as a follow-up was is so baffling and it was not that popular i think it was critically well received but general audiences did not really react well to it also, a lot of the designs look freaky as fuck. Yeah, it was... So, again, it's it's not as though this is any worse than Beast Wars was, no. but the CGI is very rough. It looks... I think it looks better than Beast Wars in many ways, but yeah. the designs that they decided to go with are so out there. Yeah. Like, I, I think it was really, you know. So, basically, that's just, this is all to say that Hasbro needed to change something. So, after Beast Machines, they decided to take a look and see, well, we need to maybe rethink this whole Beast Era stuff. And we need to kind of look back to G1 a little bit. So, while they were working on this, they kind of imported an older anime from Japan called Car Robots, and they localized it as Robots in Disguise. Like, they... It, it was it was just... Robots in Disguise 2001, in many ways, is the ultimate filler toy line. Like, yeah. they just imported a shit... And Robots in Disguise... Car Robots already is weirdly eclectic in terms of a toy line. There's, like, Beast Wars 2 repaints sitting on the same shelf as, like g1 figures it's really weird yeah I, and this I, all of this goes back so when when we're talking about hasbro really going back to their roots and by going back to their roots we mean stealing japanese toy, toys 
and rebranding them. Licensing uh, some shit from Japan to sell to Americans. And they're like, what if we did this with the cartoon, too? Yes. So, yeah, before this, obviously they, they were there was production stuff involved in G1 with Japan, but that was almost entirely on the animation side. Um, but this is the first time that they had licensed a Japan-only anime to air in the U.S. They dubbed it and everything. And well, all this it was... It was actually the first um, Transformers series to be co-developed both in the United States and Japan. I thought that was Armada. Uh, I think didn't wasn't Carobots. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I thought we were going to no Mar- Carobots. Yet, so. I'm still on Robots yeah. in Disguise because it's kind of sorry, an, yes. the 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 stepping stone here because this is what made Hasbro start thinking about hey. This anime stuff is way cheaper to produce than this lavish CG cartoon. What if we worked together with the Japanese side yeah. of the of the Transformers manufacturing thing and at the same time co-developed our own show? And, and, you know, we don't have time to get into some of the stuff that was almost existing. Like, the trans tech is a whole thing that almost happened. But ultimately they went with Armada instead. So Armada, we're here now. Armada is kind of this return to g1 it is robots pure robots no animal stuff no techno organic stuff because even robots in disguise had the predacons right um yeah armada it's classic it's autobots and decepticons on earth fighting over something now that something is important so here's a pop quiz beast machines was probably in development around 1998 what happened between the late 90s and late 2001? What show premiered in the United States and completely took over culture? Pokemon. Oh my god. Pokemon exploded in the late 90s. And kind of ushered in the the second anime boom, right? Because Pokemon caused everyone to start scrambling for anime to get localized. That's how Yu-Gi-Oh! happens. That's how One Piece gets dubbed by four kids in one of the most baffling moves ever. Because it was just bought as, like, a package deal. And they just slapped it on there until they realized, oh man, this is not what we thought it was. And Was this that is... at the same time? I thought One Piece came considerably later. It, it was around the same era. One Piece was, like, 2001, I think. Um, and like, so, but, but they, uh, and the thing about Pokemon is it's about collecting cute creatures that can, you can use to power things up. And they say, well, hey. It was in 2004. It was three years later. That's so wild. 2004. Because I, I knew piece. that. I knew that. Because I knew I was watching Yu-Gi-Oh! for like several years before the One Piece thing came out. One Piece is the thing that basically murdered four kids, yeah. I think. Uh, they... It's so wild. 2004, there was so much of One Piece out that they could look forward to and see, oh, we can't dub this. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do this shit. Yeah. So, but but the Minicons, which are the main thrust of the Armada toy line, I think, were definitely born out of the same sort of collect-them-all gimmick that Pokemon started. I had never thought about that, but you were probably right. <laughs> yeah, that's why a, a derogatory thing the fan base used to refer to Armada back in the day was Pokeformers, because it's about collecting all these cute little robots. And Armada has a toy line 
was extremely successful. Like the most successful they have had. They, I think it was more successful than Beast Wars. Even it was huge. Yeah, no, it was. It was like it. It, it was a massive injection into the Transformers brand, and they decided to continue on with the Armada stuff, sort of in Energon. They they kept the same continuity. They kept it going. Cybertron is a different deal that we'll talk... It's more complex. We'll talk about it when we get there. But there was some continuity fuckery that happened with Cybertron. Uh, because I do not believe that one was co-produced. That, I think, oh, might ha-ha. have been a... Takara started doing some shit on their own. And then Hasbro was like, uh-oh. Takara well, said my city now. Yeah, they said my city now. But Armada is a co-production... It was developed at the same time. The localization was done at the same time that the original was being written. And yeah, well, so what's really interesting about it is actually that while it was being co-produced at the same time, it actually aired in the United States six months before it aired in Japan. Yes, Armada, the, the first incarnation of Armada to actually air was the American version. It was not Micron Densatsu. It was Transformers Armada, which is really fascinating. And the unfortunate part about this is that um, the early parts especially, but throughout the series, there's a lot of rough translation errors. The yes. entire series on, like, from all ends is sort of, like, riddled with QA issues. Oh, yeah. Armada um, is like a, it's, it's sort of a ramshackle show in a lot of ways, which I think adds a bit to its charm. They really, yeah, they really said we're going back to G1 in all ways. Oh, yes. G1 is, yeah. a, is a disaster full of animation uh, errors and shit. Armada going, is similarly that. Yeah, going back to the, but mostly there there are really really fast translations that were done, and uh, because it aired first in the United States, basically every other country that decided to dub it took the English version. Mm-hmm. So it means that every mistake that shows up in the English dub shows up in every other language that yep. it got dubbed into, which is just so unfortunate. It is very unfortunate, and like. Yeah, the, the, as a result of this extremely rushed production schedule, which would be a problem that plagued Energon as well. Um, I think finally in Cybertron, they slowed down a little bit. But the, the two co-productions here really, like, the animation in episode, like, it is especially noticeable in episode three. Episode three looks fucking terrible. <laughs> like, we'll talk about it. Every, everybody is weird looking in episode three everybody's off model i have some screenshots of some interesting looking characters from episode (laughs) three but like yeah the as armada went on they kind of managed to pull it together into something more cohesive and the dubbing mistakes mostly stopped but early on there are definitely a lot of like name mix-ups i believe at one point red alert calls hotshot by hot rod which is his japanese name a couple of times Yep. The stunt action team constantly gets their names swapped around early on in Armada. <laughs> like, Highwire stays the same, but Sure Shock, it, you, you have no idea who's going to be Sure Shock and who's going to be Grindor <laughs> in these early bits. It could be anybody. They could call Carlos Sure Shock for all we know. <laughs> so we should um, talk, now that we've yeah. sort of given the, the, the place in our modest history, we should talk a little bit about the show itself, starting with right. its first episode. So, which, what is it after, called? Well, despite despite all of these um, uh, 
myriad issues trials and tribulations yeah uh trials and tribulations it did eventually debut in the united states in 2001 um in a three-part movie Okay, that's, that's how they sort of presented it. It's not a movie. It's just three episodes. It's Don't worry three. about They're, it. But it makes sense why there is no... The, the dub does not have any actual intro for the first three episodes like you don't get the normal armada intro which by the way the armada oh. intro is kind of cool it's got this like slamming guitar going on in the background of the of the more than meets the eye theme yeah um they we super do get the intro in the japanese version actually that's what, that's what i figured because i bet i bet this was not aired as a three-part movie yeah in japan and uh uh, the official name in the Japanese, by the way, is Super Robot Life Forms Transformers: Legend of the Microns. Right, yeah, Micron Densatsu. So, I looked at the opening, the first opening for uh, Legend of the Microns. I gotta say, I didn't like it. I think it looks bad. <laughs> it looks bad, and it sounds weird. It's a weird opening. It's um, a weird opening. I think um, for once, the dub might win out. On the intro wise, because the the like I said, the Armada intro is fucking slamming. Yeah. And um, yeah, so let's talk about. Uh, should we talk? Go ahead yeah. and jump into episode one here. Yeah, episode one in the sub is confrontational encounter. Episode one is first encounter. One thing I like about the Armada localized titles, they're all very short and very snappy. Like, there's no cleverness like what Fork is tried to do with fucking. Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Yeah. No, it's just like here's what here's what the episode is about. First encounter, base, metamorphosis. <laughs> One word. It's two thousand one. We, get... we don't have time for multi-word titles. <laughs> it's the modern um... world. We're moving fast. Y two K baby, let's go. <laughs> We're all still fucking high on anxiety from Y2K. We thought everything was going to explode. It didn't. And now we don't know what to do with ourselves. This is a post 9-11 world. (laughs) Um, We start, start, as most all Transformers series do, in war. That's true. Uh, I do want to shout out the narrator for Armada, who has the coolest fucking voice ever. Like, obviously, the G1 narrator is, is, is untouchable. But this one kind of has the same vibe, so I want—I want to—I will—I will directly quote the like the first opening narration as we get this montage through like space. And let me try to like get my voice as deep as as this guy does. <clears throat> Light years ago, a unique digital entity came into being. In search of others, it sent out explorers to every corner of the galaxy. These digital mechanical beings became known as. Transformers. That's basically all we get of the intro. Uh, that's like their origin story here. A unique digital being, which is a... I like that phrase. It's very funny to me for some reason. Yeah. He just popped in one day. He's like, huh, what's going on over here? I'm going to make some other guys. And then he did. <laughs> um, and apparently they were not actually... like So Cybertron is the... It would be known throughout time and space as we get... Our, our explanation of like, yeah, the, the war in this continuity is being fought over a race of tiny robots called the Minicons who have the ability to like boost the power of anyone they combine with. And so it's kind of this arms race between the Autobots and Decepticons. But uh, eventually both sides realize that they are completely deadlocked and have to do something. <laughs> 
So I, they call it I truce. I do want to point. Yeah, I do want to point out actually that as as the like war is raging here, you hear um, some Fanon time units used. Actually, oh. that I, I wasn't sure. Like there's someone. Some character says it's only twenty seven clicks more. Oh, so there's uh, like in so the in the so Micron Legend has like in universe chatter going on over this segment. Yeah. Okay, that's new because it's just the narrator in the dub. Oh yeah, when they're when they're actually fighting. Yeah, like when they're yeah. sending the Minicon arc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, there, there's like whole dialogue there uh, of going on and for where and they're opening this warp gate. Yeah. Uh, and they're saying we only have tw- have to wait twenty seven more clicks, which is like as far as I was aware before watching this, really only a Bannon, um, uh, unit of time time measurement that was used. So let me know um, when Vorns pops up. I, I, Vorns I, I like and Vorns, yeah. yeah. Vorns and Vorns, I always like those. Yeah, and Deca Orns. That's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so like that was fun for me to hear them using this yeah you know uh, i i've talked about this a, li- a little bit on other shows that i've guested on and talked about transformers but as because because the entire point of the transformers franchise is to sell toys um the hasbro tends to capitulate to fans much more easily yeah they than, like their fan service yeah than than other fans do so like Phantom terms have become canon now. Things like Seekers and Sparklings mm-hmm. um, are were all originally Phantom terms that have now become canon uh, yeah. within the wider universe, which is very cool to me. Yeah, that also happens when like a show, like a franchise, has been going for like almost forty years straight now. Like it is a there's never really been that much downtime for the Transformers. Like the biggest gap in the U.S was between the end of G1 and Beast Wars. But of course, yeah. during that time, a bunch of other shit was happening in other countries. Like you had the the Japan only sequel series going on over there in, in over there and uh the Europe had their own shit going on too. Like there was comics coming out in the Europe uh the European market. So like technically Transformers has never stopped. It's been going for like 40 years. Yeah. Anyway, they send the minicons through a space portal. Yeah, so do they so he says the narrator in the dub says that they called the truce and both sides sent the minicons through the portal. Is that true in the sub as well? No, absolutely not. So the Decepticons or the Destrons, as they're called in Japanese, uh, are attacking uh this minicon this micron ship and yeah. the Autobots are like, Alright, hurry, open a space bridge. <laughs> yeah, I figured that this was an Autobot plan in the sub because it's weird that there's like a space battle happening while this guy's talking about the truce. Yeah. Um but yeah, they send the Minicon arc like slingshotting. They they fucking eat this thing into deep space so that they you know they can't be hurt by this war anymore. Um, unfortunately, no one looked at the maps and made sure that there was like we're just gonna eat them into like one of those big fucking super voids where there's nothing there. They eated them into Earth space, sort of vaguely. Wheeljack. Oh, Wheeljack. Yeah. And the and not event- this Wheeljack. Yeah, not not Armada Wheeljack. Armada Wheeljack. <laughs> our- we'll get there. He's like a he's like an edgy bad boy. Um, he sure is. But eventually, the Minicon arc smashes directly into the moon, and the dormant Minicons get spread all over the Earth uh, as as it crashes. And this yeah. is another classic Transformers plotline of a, a Transformer ship crashes onto the Earth and lays dormant for millions and millions of years. 
As always, Stanley Kubrick wants what Transformers has. Yeah, we see a shot of, like, primitive, like, uh, human ancestors looking up as these streaks of light go across the sky as the minicons are seated on Earth. Which, like, I think this first episode looks pretty good compared to, like, episode three. Well, everything's relative, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think one of the things about Armada is that, like... It does have a lot of animation issues, but one thing about it is that it is, like, really inconsistent. There are episodes that look fine and good, and then there are episodes that look awful for a period. But, like, compared to its sequel series, Energon, uh, Energon just looks terrible all the way through. Like, it just looks like that forever. Um, in fact, Energon only looks worse as it goes on, <laughs> which is extremely funny. We'll get there. But Energon is generally considered to be, like, oh, this is the worst Transformers show. <laughs> they've ever put out haha ha, this sucks man haha ha, this sucks man this that was their like 20th anniversary show too energon so sad Yikes. but so yeah it's it's millions of years past we see this like montage this like time lapse of the earth shifting and changing over the uh the minicon ship and i assume this is all is this all silence in the sub or is there like a, a narrator popping in to tell like yeah the minicons crashed and i think I think it's silent. I assume a lot of narration in this dub is over silent stuff in the sub, which, by the way, all right, so let's talk about Rad. So, here's our human characters for this time. We're introduced to Rad. Can we talk about where we are? Yes, where are we in the sub? We're in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's right. I don't know if we actually get that location in the dub. We, We get Lincoln Middle School, so I guess, yeah. And I yeah. do remember in the comics they say it's Nebraska, but I can't remember if uh, if we it's ever got Nebraska. it. It's Nebraska. It's so Lincoln, fucking Nebraska. Funny. Yeah, we're, we're in Lincoln... <laughs> fucking Lincoln, we're... Nebraska. We're in Lincoln, Nebraska, and specifically, I mean, I will give it to them. This is what like that part of the Midwest looks like, honestly. Yeah, just like, fucking rocks. Just rocks, and uh... I'm always interested about where like Transformer series takes place. I mean, the original G1 was in Portland. Really? Oregon. Yep. That, that was Portland, Oregon. Uh, Spark Plug owns a, owns a chop shop in uh, right in Portland. Um, I want to remake. CFA takes place in Detroit. That's um, right. Yeah, that that's I, I love that because uh, like in Transformers Animated, Detroit has kind of a future Detroit because of certain events in Animated has kind of taken its place back as the center of industry, but instead of right cars it's of automobiles of robots well, yeah right exactly um, yeah this takes place in fucking lincoln nebraska where does prime takes prime takes place prime somewhere takes fictional, place in like right? nevada prime takes yes. place in a fictional town in nevada usually transformer shows take place in fairly remote locations within earth uh robots in disguises and robots in disguise uh 2001 is like in the middle of a city i think but so yeah, that we're in Lincoln, Nebraska, and it's it's White Boy Wednesday uh, here with Brad. Oh well, or, specifically, me, we're at a research station, a, a military research station within Lincoln. Yes, Nebraska. it's like a it's like a research station, a, a geological lab. Yeah, like geological astronomy research station within, like set into like this mountain. Yeah. By the way, uh, uh, before we talk about Rad, I know I want to talk about Rad very badly because Rad is extremely <laughs> funny. Um, but I want I want to talk about the warp gate effect because I love the warp gate effect in this show. It they actually just, does like, look pretty good. They just yeah. stretch in Photoshop and it looks dope. Uh, we will see that a lot as the show goes on. 
Um, but yeah, Rad is here. And so Rad... <laughs> Welcome he's to very, your human MC. He's very enthusiastic, especially in the dub. Um, because literally the next scene is like, Hi, my name's Rad. Like after we get the... Um, the time lapse it's like hi my name's Rad. i live in lincoln nebraska my best friend is carlos he's cool he skateboards uh my dad is a scientist here's my middle school <laughs> like he just tells us everything about his life and i'm like hey uh, what, uh, slow down so i don't know if you get this in the in the dub i can't remember but um rad takes on this episode carlos does the exact same thing next episode and alexa does the same thing in the third episode that's cool i wish they did that they all literally give their like full introductions that's uh, so fucking funny everything is going on so no rad uh, is the narrator for the dub it's it's only ever rad i think yeah so rad real name brad brad Uh, i forgot it was fucking (laughs) we got bradley here Brad, but all his friends call him Rad. All his friend is, is Carlos and sometimes Alexa. <laughs> yes, so Carlos, I should say Carlos in the dub, voiced by Matt Hill, doing a questionable accent, I would say. Oh, fuck, I forgot about I that. Know, Matt Hill, I have seen it. In, by the way, Matt Hill is the voice of Ed from Ed, Ed, Nettie. Ed with a singular D, um, which is interesting there's also eddie's voice actor is also in the dub and he literally just sounds like that so like that's just his voice eddie was just his voice um but matt hill is doing a questionable accent in the in the uh in the dub so you know it's 2001 we didn't we didn't know shit about fuck that just happened especially a uh i believe for the four kids team was doing this i I think i remember in the in the credits every every week you see the four kids logo so Uh, Uh, i should also say that uh rad's um dub voice actor passed away recently kirby morrow oh wow that's kind of sad he's pretty young um so but he i think honestly he's all right like as far as annoying white boys who really love biking uh, he's he's he is tolerable as far as that goes. He's he is definitely not as bad as some other future uh, Unicron trilogy human characters. But Rad. So it wasn't for kids, actually. Oh, it wasn't. Who did it the was dub- Voice Box Voice Box Productions Inc., a Canada-based dialogue replacement company for both live action and animated productions. Voice Box provided the English dubs for Armada and John and Cybertron cartoons. That's interesting, yeah. So and outside of Transformers, to your point, Nero, Voicebox was also in charge of voice casting and production for countless animated movies and shows, including Ed, Ed, and Eddie, My Little <laughs> Pony, Friendship is Magic, Johnny <laughs> Test, Mucha Lucha, oh, and no! multiple Barbie films. Oh fuck! <laughs> I need to figure out who in, who in the show was in Mucha Lucha. You want to talk about some questionable just accents? Watch that show. Yeah, really. So, yeah, what you need to know about Rad? He's like in a he's. It's two thousand one. It's fucking. It's X yeah, Games, it's White Boy Wednesday. It's, it's fucking White, White Boy, Boy Wednesday. Wednesday. He loves his his biking. He, he says, when he's talking about Carl, he says, "I've known him since kindergarten. I think he's so cool. He's great at skateboarding. He could go pro if he wanted to. He, he loves this his is, boys. Yeah, it's so funny." But yeah, so we we kind of go in here. It's it's Lincoln Middle School. Rad is in the seventh grade. Um, he's twelve also, years old. He's twelve years old. <laughs> I never learned how to read. Um, 
and we kind of meet with Alexis in the dub. A very strange change. I don't know why yeah. they wouldn't just keep her as Alexa. Sorry, I, I'm probably sounding a little distant there because I was turning on my light. But, um, yeah, uh, Alexa to Alexis. I think so it's weird. just voice box being contrary at that point. Maybe. Or maybe they got like a, uh, um, like they mistranslated something and thought it was Alexis. Maybe. And they're like, oh, it's Alexa. Um, but she's sort of a more, she likes, uh, she's a nerd. Like, there's no getting around it. She's a nerd. Um, they are talking about going to this cool fucking cave they found up in the mountains after school, uh, Carlos and Rad are. And she's like, I, I don't want to go into a cave with you guys. I got the math homework to do and shit. Um, and they, they make a joke. They like, it's like, yeah, well, you know how concentrated Alexa is on becoming our next president. Which happens <laughs> in Cybertron. Yeah. The the like G- Secretary General of the UN is modeled after her. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. Don't incredible. worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, so what a good show. <laughs> what a good fucking show. So yeah, she wants to become the next president. Um, girl boss, it's girl boss time here. But she, yeah, oh, she... believe me, all three of them are actually the perfect combination of uh, girl boss gatekeep uh, gaslight, as That's we'll true. find out later. Yes, in the third yes, episode. We... So after Alexis leaves, saying for the uh, delivering for the, for the last time, the answer is no. And then Rad has some. Uh, let's see, I wrote it down here. Um, she says after she rejects him, she says, "Is, is it just me? Uh, is it just me, or do you get the feeling that Little Miss stuck up dissed us big time?" I just wrote, "Okay, Rad." Yeah, really. Can you stand to be less two thousand one? And no, he can't. He, he will only become more 2001 as, as, the, as, we, as we go on You're here. You're so 2001. I'm so 2000 and fun. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so uh, we meet Bulk and Skull, excuse me, Billy and Fred, um, who are... Okay. Our... Want to know another very funny change? I would love Fred, to. Fred's name in the sub is Jim. <laughs> they just changed it to Fred. Jim. I know he—he's the only one they've actually—they actually actively changed. Like Alexa was probably just like a miss, like a mishearing something or whatever. But Why fine, they whatever. Change it to Fred. But they changed Jim to Fred, <laughs> so his some... name is Jim. Billy is still Billy. Billy is still Billy. Billy and Jim is a quite a duo. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so they're here. There's, it's weird. They're kind of bullies, but not really. They mostly just seem kind of pathetic and uncool. <laughs> like they're, I actually think they're like kind of more realistic yeah, <laughs> than like, a lot of things are. Because it's they're not like bullying. They're just like diametrically opposed to everyone else. They're like we just don't like you guys. Yeah, I, I guess technically Carlos and Rad are kind of the bullies because they're like the cool athletic guys. They're the jocks. Yeah, and... they're just like. They're both like we think each other's vibes are mutually rancid. Yeah, they just they just don't get along. I will say that Fred's entire deal in the dub, he's he likes to eat. He's a big boy, and he also whines a lot. Uh, it is it is Eddie's voice actor doing oh uh, Fred, and he yeah. just sounds like Eddie. Uh, not as funny as Eddie popping up as the every single missile hit the target guy in the Evangelion dub. Which is always my favorite detail about the old Evangelion dub is that Eddie is in it. <laughs> um, oh, what's his name? It's like I'll, I'll look at him in a minute, but it's yeah. just Eddie. Don't worry about it. It's just Eddie. Um, his name is Tony Sampson. <laughs> yep. 
fucking Canadians all over the place. But yeah, so they're they're like yeah, it's a Canadian production company. They are. There's an extremely Canadian line read from Red Alert in episode two, I think, Ooh, uh, which can't is actually, wait. which is great. But they're 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 just antagonizing Carlos and and Rad. They're like the cave going to a cave, fucking losers. Uh, but they also want to go to the cave, um, secretly for some reason. They don't they don't seem very outdoorsy. I guess they're just going there to prank. Well, there's the actually other two. like a line later about that where, um, <laughs> uh, as they approach the cave, um, following them, uh, Billy like yells to Jim to like keep up, and Jim's like, "I don't want to." Yours, he's like, <laughs> he's, like, "I want to do something else. I don't want to do this." And Billy's like, "Well, you just like come on," and, <laughs> and Jim's like, "You're the one who's naturally outdoorsy. I don't like this stuff." <laughs> Yeah, that's basically the same deal they have in the dub. Um, yeah. Fred doesn't want to be there at all. Uh, but they do bug Rad's bike to track him, which is crazy. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so apparently, like, they got... So, like, all of their parents work in the research lab. Yeah, this, this is, is like a... It is unclear if this is actually, like, a public school or just, like, a school on a military base it's in a... Lincoln, Nebraska. It's also hard to tell if it's actually... It's like, yeah, it's, I guess it's a military base, but it seems more like geo-research. Like, there's no... It I would think, make I mean, sense if it was a military base because then it would it would sort of track how the Decepticons gathered so much data on military vehicles, but we never actually see any. I mean, I think it's like military run. Like it yeah. doesn't necessarily have to do with like the military. Like it's not like a weapons ba- or, or or a training base or anything like that. But Just it's like, like NASA, research. you know? Yeah, it's like a NASA. I think it's like yeah. NASA's outpost or whatever. So I'm gonna guess that a lot of this rad narration is not in. No, because he's, no. he's he's always talking about stuff uh, in the narration. He he loves to talk about himself. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but he, uh, classics of dub is like just inserting random narration over like still shots and stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the, they uh, after school, Carlos and Rad are heading up to the mountains to go into this cave, and Billy and Fred, I. Can't, I can't get over that his name is Jim. That's for some reason that is the funniest fucking thing on the planet. It's so to me. fucking funny. Jim. Uh they follow them. Um and As they... though like Fred is a more like kid friendly <laughs> Yeah, like and... a more age appropriate name. No, right. they both sound like they should be forty year old dudes, but it's so funny. So um they are th- this is I think where where Billy and Fred are arguing outside and in the dub Fred has the line my therapist says, I don't have to take that from you because you're not the boss of me. Good when Billy's him. telling him to shut the fuck up and come on. Um, yeah. And Carlos, so Carlos and Ryder's exploring this cave. Uh, just, you know, just hang out with the boys in some caves. As you do in 2001, do. I guess. Um, yeah. And. When like, you only have a flip phone, what else are you going to do for fun? I don't know, play Snake. Yeah. So. At a certain point, there, the, Billy, uh, Carlos has, has, you know, he has a good idea of leaving a rope trail behind them while they explore so they don't get lost. Very smart. Um, uh, I believe Rad at some point calls him, he says, you the man to him after Carlos explains that. He's all, the thing I love about Rad, he is always gassing up Carlos. <laughs> he fucking loves that dude. <laughs> it's great. But unfortunately, Carlos fucks up. He steps on a thing and starts like a dark ride, kind of. There's like a 
it's like a roller coaster where the, the it's like a roller coaster cave collapse where they just get sent into this landslide situation way deeper underground. At some point, Billy and Fred flee from the cave. It's not that important. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, they kind of get like freaked out. But they also, they're like, we don't know where we are. Yeah, they did not have Carlos's extremely good idea of leaving a rope trail. Uh, they, because they're stupid. Um, so they leave. They, I think they're hearing their, like, echoes kind of causes Billy, uh, Rad and Carlos yes. to accidentally step on the thing. Um, because, like, yeah. Billy and Fred are screaming at the top of their lungs. Then you cut to Carlos and Rad and you're like, they're so the fucking mad. What the hell is that noise? The fuck is that? <laughs> Bro, what is that? Do you hear that? Um, so they get out of the, the cave pretty quick, uh, which is good because what happens afterwards is that, you know, Carlos and Rad go on the fucking Mountain Expressway and end yeah. up in a, a massive underground chamber. There's a great m- moment as they, like, slide down on this huge slab um where like they first like fall and there's like a second pause yes and then they start sliding all the way down yeah because like carlos steps on a thing the rock like shudders and drops down and they both stand there like well you okay man and then the sliding happens yeah um so they end up obviously in the long buried minicon arc or the segments of the minicon arc that like uh crashed under because it was so like the minicon arc to describe it is kind of like it's this huge ship that's kind of fork shaped like it comes to these these two prongs at the front and that seems to be where most of the minicons were stored because one of those prongs or like the rest of the ship is on the moon as we'll later see which is where the decepticons make their base and then this one prong fell to earth so i guess that's like the cargo containment yeah yeah they're exploring. Rad is using like a blowtorch to light the way because his uh, I think he lost his flashlight or something. Right. And- so they fall down and and Carlos Carlos says I lost my like um I can't remember or his like his light his his flashlight. Yeah. And uh, Rad's like, don't worry about it, bro. Check this shit out. I have this for some reason. So they're, they're I have exploring. this for some reason, but it, there's it's like the tiniest thing of oil. Like how long can this last? That you know? Well, luckily, they won't have to worry about light for much yeah. longer. Because as they're exploring, they're like, what the fuck is this? It's like a, It looks like an alien spaceship. It looks like a UFO or something. And they come across this pentagonal panel lodged in the rock. And it's glowing. And Carlos says, uh, that looks radioactive. You probably shouldn't touch that. But it's White Boy Wednesday. You can't stop it is, Rad. It is unfortunately White Boy, Boy Wednesday. So Rad touches this glowing thing which sets off a chain reaction of a whole lot of shit if he had never touched this everything would have been fine because all right so here's the order of operations what happens is he touches this it starts glowing really brightly he's screaming the whole time which is really funny (laughs) i don't know if he's also screaming the whole time in the sub i earnestly can't remember but in the dub he's just going ah as this as the glowing intensifies an earthquake happens uh an emp like knocks out all electronics in the entire city uh we see uh, like the research oh, station yeah. all the scientists well, are freaking NASA, the fuck out 
NASA just forgot to pay their electric bills, you see. That's what happens. Alexis feels this and, like, immediately opens up her computer and sees the epicenter of the quake is the place where Rad and Carlos are And she goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> I gotta get over there. Um, then a huge light shoots into space because the signal, uh, the, the awakening of the Minicon has signaled Cybertron. So we see Cybertron here. Um... And one thing I like yeah, about it's, this it's, show... Yeah, it's literally like, yo, Autobots, Decepticons, wake up. Some humans fucked up big time. Yeah, some humans fucked up big time. They've just been sitting on their asses for two million years, shooting at each other every so often, because, like, there's no more mini-cons. So we can't do all the cool, like, mass destruction shit we could when we were powered up by them. But then, Autobot HQ gets lit the fuck up. And we, uh, one thing about this show, they really like to use old G1 animation models to fill out extras in scenes on Cybertron. And I noted a few familiar faces that showed up as just like Autobot randos on Cybertron. So I spotted Power Glide, Red Alert, Beachcomber, like a, like a handful of aerial bots. Yeah, actual Red Alert, not. Yeah, G1 Red Alert, not, not yeah, the new one. Yeah, G1 Red new Alert. Guy. Crosshairs and Hound are all hanging out on Cybertron. And this will continue uh, whenever we see Cybertron. Because another thing about the show compared to G1, it has a, it has a very small cast. Especially starting now. Um, yeah. There's, there's three Autobots and four Decepticons starting out here. So a lot of these crowd shots are just filled out by like G1 animation models they had lying around. I was like, I don't know, just throw a power glide in there, I guess. Um, I love that. Of all the of all the characters, Power Glide, Beachcomber. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, throw him in there. <laughs> we got, we I got mean, some fucking aerial bots I mean, lying around. Beachcomber's at least like a nice match for Hound, I guess. Yeah, um, and Crosshairs is the funniest one because he's like a. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure he only ever showed up maybe in the Rebirth, which was never aired in Japan, and maybe only in commercials because he was a very late uh, late series toy. Um. And so, no, yeah, like, oh, no, this is where Rad says you demand to Carlos because they find the rope after freaking the fuck out and running back because they <laughs> cause an earthquake. Rad is still holding on to the, the Minicon panel, of course. Yeah. At, so, which he will do at, like, risk of his life. Yeah, for... I don't, man, I know it's cool this, looking. I don't know but, why you'd hold on to the, when, yeah. what happens later happens because what happens is they run out of the cave <laughs> 12 um, years old and no survival instincts. Oh, absolutely. Rad is dumb as fuck. So they run out of the cave, and then Megatron materializes in front of them. And now we're back! From out of space! <laughs> <laughs> so this is Cybertron for Megatron. I don't like most of the Cybertron forms that we see in these two episodes. Megatron looks alright, though. I like his, like... So Purple. He's yeah. like, he, he looks like he turns into a hover tank. I he, don't know. He looks like he turns into a beetle. He kind of does. Yeah. So t t I love Armada Megatron's design. So I want to talk. So Armada Megatron, one of the the most iconic things about him, he's got these antlers. He's got these horns that later become like they get they become antlers, and they look really cool. <laughs> so here's the thing. It's it's kind of a funny design. Um, your, your cool to ridiculous yeah. mileage may vary. I like but, it. I think. what it does are... do, what it does do for me is call back some of like G1 Galvatron's design. A little bit. Yeah. Like A little the, bit. The horns. Which is like, 
Yeah, which for me is enough to be like, all right, that's kind of fun. If you like, like that, Energon Megatron is extremely G1 Galvatron, like just straight up. Um, but yeah, so Megatron is here in the. See, I assume he is silent and menacing in the dub, right? Yes. Or in the sub, in the dub, <laughs> they have him like grunting and groaning as he stands up. He's like, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, it's not like evil growls. It kind of sounds like he's trying to take a shit. Um, which yeah, is I mean, I think funny. he makes like a, I think he medi- he materializes and he has like a little bit of a hmm. Kind yeah, of, no, he's, like, he's go- he does say hmm a lot, but he's going, oh, oh. <laughs> He, so, he has tummy troubles, and he's being so brave about them. He's being so brave about it. So he's slowly standing up and kind of looking around. Um, at some point, Highwire pops out of the minicon panel. He awakens. Um, I I really like the sound effects in the show. There's some really, like, oh. I, I love the, there's, like, a lot of electronic whooshes and, and stuff that sound very good. Um, yeah. His so name the, is his name is Wheelie in the sub. Oh God! Which he, I will say, probably the best version of Wheelie to ever be created. Correct, because he does not talk. Because um, he does not talk. IDW at least made it like a, a he's annoying because of trauma thing. But yeah, he's like a fucking feral child lost in space. Yeah. Um, instead of just the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Highwire awakens and makes beeps and boops um he and he's just a little guy he's just a little guy all of he the mini cannot are, change this all of the minicons are just little guys but highwire especially is just a little guy um and he so megatron sees this and says all right hand that shit over yeah he, he says, finally return, says something return that to me and literally carlos is like oh my god he talked yes um so highwire seeing megatron uh panics understandably because megatron is right there and quickly scans rad's bike which has been left near the mouth of the cave there turns into a way cooler looking bike now here's a confusing thing so he transforms oh alexis also shows up at some point and says like what the fuck is going on what is happening over here here on this day yeah the good lord what is happening in there um and Highwire transforms into a bike, and Rad can understand him. Now, here's the confusing bit. So Megatron starts lumbering towards them. Highwire transforms back into a robot and just carries all of the humans. I think. I think. The I guess it's hard for more than he, yeah. More than one person can't ride a bike, right. so he transforms and he realizes, oh, there's three of you now. Hang on. So he just <laughs> he just grabs everybody and starts running. Um... Uh, I have to say the move the move that Megatron Megatron does here is actually very good and very funny. It's, and he ex- grabs a and rock. exactly what I would have done if I were yeah. a giant robot looking at like three human children yeah, with so, Minicon I really wanted. He grabs a rock and just flicks it at them at super high speeds. Um and just knocks them all on their asses. It's very funny. At some point, Alexis calls him a robo geek, <laughs> which is really uh, funny. 
<laughs> I don't. It's like you have this fucking gigantic evil robot with huge horns, and you call him. No a one robo-geek? here has. No one here has any survival instincts. Absolutely, Carlos kind of does. He he immediately is like, "Yo, let's get. We need to get yeah, out of here. We need to bounce." So um, Megatron is advancing, and this is when we get the fucking. So Megatron is reaching for them. Is I'll be taking that minicon, and then we hear Daddy Big Dick just landed. He sure did. So we hear the fucking main theme kick in, which is as I said, some cool fucking guitars. Um, and then Optimus says, "Stand down, Megatron." And we pan up, and he's 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 in a G one inspired body, and he looks cool as hell. Um, and everyone is going, whoa. I will say that Convoy slash Optimus's design in Armada is pretty fucking good. I love Armada Optimus a lot. Also, Gary Chalk doing Optimus yeah. in the show. Much uh, he He's, of course, more uh, known for Optimus Primal. But I, I quite like Gary Chalk Optimus. I think there is... Peter Collins Optimus is always much more of a, like... He's a dad... Um, especially in Prime. Oh, um, fuck yeah, he is. Boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> Man, I can't wait to talk about Jack's mom and Optimus in Prime. That's so fucking oh, funny. <laughs> Jack's mom is a kin- another character I'm kin with. <laughs> June she, Darby June Darby knows what she wants. She immediately gets the uh, Autobot base, looks at him and goes, hello. <laughs> so fucking funny. But Gary Chalk... Especially in Beast Wars, because Optimus Primal is much more of a inexperienced commander than Prime is in G1. Because Prime, G1 Prime is this, like, sto- not well, not quite stoic, but he's this, like, heroic stand-up figure, this this authority figure for everyone to look up to, and he's, he's like, kind and and Except when he's and, not. And he's kind of an asshole sometimes He's kind of an asshole. G1. But he's, he's firm. He's, like... Yeah. But Gary Chalk is a little bit less, like... Especially in Beast Wars, he's he is he is much more uncertain of himself. He's he's way he is much snappier. He's way more of an asshole. But to be fair, Rat Trap kind of deserves it. Rat Trap is a little Rat shit Trap. in Beast Wars. But Armada Optimus, <laughs> as opposed to any other place where Rat Trap shows up, where he's not a little shit. <laughs> so Armada Optimus is a kind of Gary Chalk doing G One Optimus. He he is more he is much more like stoic the 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 big boss man who's here to to fucking solve shit he's pretty cool um so they start grappling and all of the and all of the uh the kids are going holy shit what is going on and that's where we end episode one yep oh oh, actually i should say rad's closing (laughs) rad's closing line in the dub is extremely good because he's watching optimus and megatron grapple here and he goes i have a feeling this is all my fault correct <laughs> and yes. he was right you're so you are correct for the right. first and last time in the series so uh, directly following it on to episode two metamorphosis or in the sub metamorphosing the disguise yeah very pretty much the same like idea behind the title yeah. um, um here comes my special boy yeah so we start off no like i said the the dub episodes do not have the proper intro yet they are uh every episode starts with a recap of the previous one um actually the third episode is really weird because the recap we'll get there but the recap contains no dialogue that happens in the previous episode no events that happened in the previous episode are in the recap but rad starts off with last time on the transformers and then it shows shit that is completely new (laughs) 
It's really <laughs> weird. It's so fucking weird. So oh, great show, knocking so, it out of the park. So it's it's almost more like a cold open, but for some reason they frame it as a recap. <laughs> so Rad is telling us what happened. Basically, like, yeah, uh, I found a thing in a cave, and now these two guys are here. Um, and he says, "Little did I know that me, uh, me, and my friends were going to play an important role in this battle's outcome." No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Are you? Shut though? the fuck up, Brad. You're 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 just hanging out with them. They they're just like you. You just hang out with them because you're the one who found the mini cons and you understand them. That's the only reason you're around. Billy and Fred are still here. Is in my notes. Yeah, they sure so, are. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> they're in another cave. <laughs> they're still lost. They're still <laughs> yeah. They didn't actually run out of the cave. They just ran down another cave. That's right. Um, they were in another cave. They're super lost. They're freaking out. They're super lost. Um, yeah. So uh, in the fight, uh, hey, <laughs> more, more guys show up. Yeah. Before that, though, so the the kids in High Wire are running away because, of course, they are because there's giant robots wrestling in the background. But in the background, while Optimus is shoving Megatron up against a mountain. Uh, take that how you will. Um, <laughs> Megatron knees Optimus in the nuts. In the in, would you say in the truck nuts? In the truck nuts, yes. <laughs> he, he just get like you just see it. He just goes right for it. It's extremely funny. Yes, and then some other guys show up. So that, while they're running away, I was like literally racking my brain right now for the Fanon term for nuts. <laughs> oh God! Uh, but I don't think there is one. Damn. Well, well, more research is needed for the uh, the fandom yeah. term for. <laughs> Listen, there's. I think. You yeah. certainly know a lot about the fandom interpretations for how Transformers fuck, which there are <laughs> lots of. But At as they're running I've... away, another guy appears out of a, a sort of grape flavored warp gate, and it's Starscream. I want to um, see my little boy. Here he comes. Here he comes. I, actually, there's a really cool effect that Starscream has when he first appears. He's like kind of folded up, and his eyes open with like an aperture effect, which is not something we ever see again. Yeah, and he also like uses them to like zoom in. Yeah, he's like a like he's like the, he's kind of like the sniper almost of of the Decepticon team here. Um, and I gotta say, Starscream and Demolisher's Cybertronian forms look kind of naked because they're missing like Demolisher doesn't have his shoulder missiles and Starscream doesn't have the big wings, right? Or the uh, the shoulder cannons, so they go kind of um, weird. And by by Demolisher, I think you mean Ironhide. That's right. Ironhide which is, is very name. funny. So yeah. in the Japanese version, uh, Demolisher is called Ironhide. Demolisher also shows up at the same time Starscream. They yes. warp out together. They warp and, out together. And. Uh, for those who don't know, Ironhide is generally a very high-ranking officer in the Autobot army. Yeah, he's like Optimus Prime's right-hand man, pretty much, in yeah. the one. Um, so it's extremely funny. Him or Prowl. Yeah, him or him. They're like, kind of like right and left. Yeah. Like Prowl is the, is the strategist, Ironhide is the military commander. Um, right. But yeah, so as, as I said, in this period, uh, Hasbro is kind of trying to bring a lot of these old names back into circulation. Because there were basically no G1 names in Beast Wars. There were a few. Um, I know in particular there's one really weird toy-only, some some toy-only lore, where Prowl 
Ironhide and G1 Silverbolt, I believe, are all extant in the Beast Wars universe, and they have a combiner form. And it's like, it's not like new versions of the characters, it's literally them. Huh. Um, and if, like, but like, obviously Silverbolt shows up in Beast Wars as a new character. Um, but for the most part, uh, a lot of Beast Wars is new names, um, with co- completely unattached to G1 counterparts. And this show, right. they're starting to do the thing where they're going to import a lot of G1, uh, names. So we have, uh, we have, now Demolisher is interesting because that is a new, that is a new name. Demolisher yeah. is a completely new character. Um, but obviously in Japan, he was Ironhide, tied to the G1 character. Hotshot, similarly, uh, when, when, by the way, so the Decepticons menace the humans for a bit, and then Hotshot and Red Alert warp in. I mean, it's them. barely even menacing. Like, they get in there, Starscream, like, l- locates Wheelie. Yeah. And lo- he's like... Looks at High Wire. Okay, and he's like, all right, I'm just gonna uh, grab this and go. He doesn't care about the humans at all. He's just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, well, why would he? Like, they don't, yeah. the, the humans are like, it's funny because like, you see like a thermal imaging overlay that Starscream has. Like, the humans aren't glowing at all. They do not register on his, on his yeah. like, visuals. So, but higher, he's, not higher really, he's not really menacing them. He's just trying to like grab Wheelie and go. But yeah. as he's, uh, he's trying to grab it, a yellow arm shoots out. It's Hotshot, he's here. And in Japan, he's called Hot Rod, who is a G1 character. But I think... I know that Hotshot was going to be called Bumblebee at some point in production, but they moved away from that. Um, And they did not have the trademark for Hot Rod anymore, so they could not use that. So they created a new name for Hotshot. Doesn't stop them from doing it a couple times in mistranslations anyway. Yep. Listen, the the timetable for production on this show was extremely tight. (laughs) So some shit slips through, but Hotshot is here, and Red Alert, who in Japan is called Ratchet, another G1 character. I guess Red Alert is too. They're just two different, yeah. very different G1 characters. They're just well, yeah. I mean, they're they're both the on the emergency vehicle. It's interesting side though, because Ratchet, because Red Alert is the medic in this show. He is he's the chief medical officer, um, which was Ratchet's job in G1. G1 Red Alert was a security officer, I believe. He was like the security. Yeah, guy. he was security officer, and his most defining character trait was being just absolutely super, paranoid. Super fucking paranoid. Uh, he, he had a whole like uh, spotlight episode in G1 where the Decepticons exacerbate that issue. Uh, specifically, where Starscream <laughs> exacerbates that issue. Of course, it is. So they're here. the The Decepticons very quickly warp away. <laughs> Like, as soon as Hotshot and Red Alert shows up, Megatron just says, ah, fuck this. Actually, I changed I my wanna, mind. Fuck this. I, I don't want to deal with you, uh, you you assholes right now. I'm going to go back. Um, so the Autobots, we don't see them. Well, we do see them go through the warp gate. But uh, when they when Megatron, Starscream, and Demolisher warp away, they, they have like a they have like an evil version of the warp gate animation where it's like digi- like they get undigitized almost. Like they kind of get erased with yeah, these it's digital a, effects. It's a fade transition in PowerPoint. Yeah. Um, and as, as Hotshot says, like, uh, I think it's Hotshot just says, like, I think they, that was a short range warp. So I think they have a base nearby. Right. Um, and, and there's like some discussion, like Hotshot's like, all right, where the fuck did they get this technology from? Because they didn't have it before and they didn't have enough time to create it. And Optimus is like, doesn't matter. All we need to know is that 
like all we need to know is that it's nearby somewhere and they all look up at the sky where the, the moon, moon the moon is in the sky and it's it's literally like ratchet's like oh hey optimus you got back quickly optimus cocking his gun moon's haunted yep so we cut up to the moon base where we see Cyclonus lounging lounging around here. Um, uh, in this, in Japan, he is Sandstorm, which yeah. is much more fitting because Sandstorm was a helicopter in G One, and Cyclonus is also a helicopter in this show. Yeah, he immediately goes into fucking sycophant mode when Megatron and the squad reappears because he was fucking sleeping. He was literally just napping. Um, he is like, oh, welcome back, glorious leader. Uh, I, I hope your outing went well. And Megatron says, it didn't. He, Optimus in, showed up. Yeah, in the Japanese version, there's like this level of silence between the three of them first. And he's like, <laughs> so no Minicon? I think that's all. I think that's also in the dub where it, everyone just sort of stands around and he, like Megatron just sort of growls at him. He just says, ah, uh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> And Megatron asks, "All right, shut the fuck up. How did have you located the Minicon ship yet?" Um, and or no, he asks Starscream that I think. And Starscream oh, is like, uh, "Yeah, well, okay, no. stop, stop for a second because this is the first time that Starscream actually speaks, and his voice is so fucking low. It oh, took really? me out. His voice is so low and so deep. I was like, excuse me, hello. It was in in the dub. He has kind of a." Kind of a more gravelly voice, sort of like this register. This is kind of what he sounds like. Yeah, no, it is like very deep and very smooth in the Japanese version. Well, that it... makes sense, because one thing you forgot to mention about Armada Scorsese, one of the big pioneering things that <laughs> uh, Armada did, they, they the said they looked, at Stars, they looked at Starscream in G1, who, as I said, is a shrill, incompetent he buffoon. voiced by Chris Lotta. Who, who is screaming at the top of his lungs who, at all times. Who is also, um, at the same time, uh, Cobra Commander. Yes. And they are Jerry very similar vocal, vocal performance, just very shrill. Um, they looked at that and said, what if we took this incompetent idiot and turned him into like a sexy, tortured anime boy? And then they did. And then they did. He's the Sasuke. He is the Sasuke. He is, there is, Starscream is kind of the, the breakout character from Armada, I feel. Um, like his, his storyline is the most, like, it it stands out to me the most. Him, him and like Sideways. Him, Sideways, and Hotshot are kind of these, the, and Wheeljack. Yes. They are, they, they, they have like the big dramatic storylines. Yeah. Um, everyone else is just kind of there. I love Sideways, by the way. Sideways, I think, is my actual favorite character in Armada. Yeah, Sideways (laughs) is cool as hell. Sideways, I was like, "Mm, I love Starscream, but I need someone who's a little bit more of a bitch. And Sideways was like, I'm here to betray people. Sideways is the Starscream of this show. Yeah, he is. Armada Starscream isn't really treacherous. He's more conflicted. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to usurp Megatron. He mostly just wants Megatron to recognize his worth, which is really sad. And also, like, be honorable, not shitty. Yeah, and but Sideways is the one who is just fucking prancing around betraying everybody. Yeah, yeah, I love Sideways so much. I was obsessed with him as like a kid watching this show. I love Sideways. He's one of the coolest aspects of the show because like he's so mysterious and like there's so much <laughs> fucked up shit going on with him. And he's just a dick. He's just a huge asshole. So they're they're hanging out. So Starscream. So Megatron berates Starscream for not <laughs> finding the Minicons base. 
And so, start, well, Starscream suggests that, well, maybe Cyclonus would have better luck. So they're just sitting there arguing. Uh, let's see. Oh, the, uh, the, the humans have actually ran back into the cave, into the ship, uh, to escape from the battle. And we see them back in there. Highwire opens a door for them um, to into a more pristinely preserved section of the Minicon arc. It's like very shiny. All, all, all of the all of the mechanics me- mechanicals still work. At some point, uh, we get the, we get a scene <laughs> of very weird robot imprinting. There's some yes. very weird robot imprinting going on in, some, in this I think it's, show. At some point, Carlos calls Grindor his mechanical amigo. So that's where we're at. Christ. So anyway, yeah. So um, Wheelie like leads Alexa and Carlos into this room where there are two other um, Micron panels. And he's like, okay, wake them up. Yeah. Before that, actually, what drives him to do that is that. So Megatron is is sort of staring at the earth in space. He's he's out brooding out, outside the base and he's like I must find those minicons. And he looks he looks over over on the ground and sees something shiny. Uh, he's like, "Oh. Yeah. Oh, hey, there's one." Found one. Cool. <laughs> so there's a weird Good thing news. in the dub where me- when Megatron awakens the minicon using like a a horn like a laser blast from his horn, which is interesting. There's a lot of like the horns have a lot of functions over the course yeah. of uh, Armada, which I, which is one of the reasons I like them, is that they're not just like a design element. He does a lot of shit with them. And so he awakens this Minicon, and, he's, and, he, and at first he says, ah, it's perfect. But then he follows it up with, it's my old Minicon, Leader One. Which sounds like they knew each other before, but... Everything to me says that this this is the first time he's meeting this oh. minigon. Okay, in the Japanese, it's very explicit that this used to that this was a servant he used to have. Oh, interesting. So he goes, okay, yeah, he goes barrels that you barrel okay. is you. It's like, and he says, finally, now that I'm reunited with my servant barrel, um, I will right. be un, like unstoppable. Interesting. It, it feels like I, it, that is so that that is accurate. Him saying it's my old minicon, leader one, reunited yeah. at last. Um, and so Rad finds the exposition computer and he learns all about Megatron and Optimus. Sorry, um, its name is, its name is Leader One? Yeah, his name is Leader One in the dub. Okay, as long as it's not like Elita One. I was like, no, that would have not... been very bad. That would have been weird. <laughs> that would have no, been is... weird and bad if that was Elita One. <laughs> it was Leader One. Okay. Uh, which is a weird name. But that, he, so he finds his little minicon. That is what causes... Highwire to freak out because he senses that Megatron is reawakening the leader one, and obviously, so I think this beam that Megatron hits the panel with is like a brainwashing beam because they mentioned that like they they sort of take away autonomy from the Minicons on the Decepticon side, so I assume that's what that is. It's never really clear, but that's what they uh. say at least in this expedition sequence where. Or they say it later. I think when when they when Megatron uses Leader One on the battlefield, I think Rad says he must have brainwashed him or something. But I don't know if that's true. Interesting, because my my feelings always were that like the Microns were like, no, we just like these guys more than you. Like they're sentient beings; they get to like yeah. choose who they work with. So yeah, I think I think some that's of them kind of just the actually like the Decepticons. Which is interesting because in the comics, uh, Leader One is definitely like working with Megatron against his will, and in fact, like, betrays Megatron. So there's a... In the comics, there's a splinter faction of neutral Minicons living on the moon. 
uh, led by the Destruction Team. And they kidnap both the Autobot Align Minicons and the Decepticon Align Minicons to kind of bring them to this neutral ground to try and convince them to abandon the cause. And Leader One is all for it. Leader One hates yeah. does, does not like the Decepticons. But Sparkplug and the Autobot Minicons are kind of more... Um, they're, they're a little bit more unsure of this. And so I think... And there is also a bit in the comics... I think, it, I think this is a true thing in the comics, but not in the show, where the Decepticons actually do brainwash them because when Megatron kidnaps the Star Saber, which we'll get to eventually... When he, he gains control of the Star Saber, he, like, forcibly reformats them into the Dark Saber. He, like, forces them into working under his will. So in the comics, the Decepticons do brainwash the Minicons working for them. Or, like, huh. forcibly, like, make them their servants. In the show, it seems like it is a thing there where the Minicons choose what side they align themselves with. What do you know? Fascinating stuff. So, Fascinating stuff. In any case, Highwire awakens the other two members of the of his team. Uh, Grindor, who is this... Uh, he turns into a skateboard. And Shershock, who turns into a scooter. And they both... Yeah, like you said, they have we have this weird bonding moment with the humans. Literally, Grindor and Carlos do the E.T. thing. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just looking up their Japanese names because... Um, they aren't named in these episodes yet, I don't think, but I know that that's what they're called. Yeah. Uh, Wheelie was. I remember that Wheelie. Wheelie definitely was. Um, yeah, I think I think Rad says his name is Highwire in this as well. So, like, yeah, the, the, the leader is named. The other two are not yet. And by the way, those are Grindor and Shershock are also two new names. Uh, they are not legacy names, which is interesting. Yeah. It's sort of like half of the Armada cast is legacy names brought on to completely unrelated characters. And then the other half is just like new, new IPs, new names like Demolisher and sure. Demolisher is the most interesting one. Cause that is a major character. That's not like some random minicon. Demolisher is a, mem- a member of the main cast. Okay. So grinder is bank. <laughs> okay. And let's see. Bank, huh? Bank. Yes. Agent Cody Bank. Um, I assume Shershock is named something like Scoot. Scoot. Uh, Shershock, let's see here. I got it. Let me see. Let me I got it. No. Um, uh, no, Shershock is RC. Holy shit. <laughs> that's right. Shershock is a girl. I forgot about that. Um, Shershock is RC. All right. Um, that's, that's unfortunate. So that is very unfortunate <laughs> that RC gets attached to the non-speaking minicon. Yikes. Ah, uh, that's so sad. Oh well, we'll eventually get a cool RC in eight years. <laughs> yeah, I'm prime. <laughs> she's also good at animated, but she's not really in the show that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so these these three sort of bond with the humans, and ex- they and Lavrad kind of ex- learns the difference between the Autobots and the Decepticons. He it, there's some real <laughs> you know, as he's reading about Optimus. He says, the Autobots, their goal is peace in the universe for everyone. Okay. Okay. All right. That's some real, like, Miss America vibes. World peace. (laughs) Really? So. (laughs) Also, you are not immune to propaganda. Absolutely. I don't know why the, I guess because the Minicon arc was Autobot built. So, like, yeah, of course they would portray themselves as the good ones. 
God, there's there's a there's so many the line Optimus has in the third episode when asked like, well, don't you want a minicons too, right? It's like, yeah, we do, but like we don't we aren't mean about it. So they yeah, so um, these two new microns, um, RC and Bank, I guess. Bank. <laughs> RC and Bank um, also scan uh, Alexa and Carlos's modes of transportation. Which they do by turning into the girl from The Exorcism. Yeah, the Minicons scan things by spinning their heads around really fast. <laughs> um, now I've got to—I got to say, so Sure Shock turns into like a moped, like just a, like a cool motorized street scooter, which is not like it's—it's it's high tech but unremarkable. Grindor has a is a jet powered <laughs> skateboard. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's rockets actually... on the back. Yeah. And Alexis actually has a line where it's like, why do you just turn into a scooter? <laughs> like, they have these rocket-powered things. And RC's yeah. like, it's... God. Do, are, are the Minicons dialogue subtitled, or do they just... They still make beats and beeps and boops, right? Yeah, they ju- they don't have any subtitles. It's just beeps yeah. and boops. I do li- I like the... I like how all that- of the Minicons have slightly different beeps and boops, by the way. Yeah. And only their their government-assigned human can understand them. Not even, yes. this is very important, not even the Cybertronians can understand them. Yes, which is very interesting. But yeah, so they can each understand their, their own assigned uh, minicons. Um, so yeah, so we... <laughs> so speaking, they... speaking of assigned minicons. Yeah, so then... Alright, so it's, it's the next day, and... Carlos, Ryan, and Alexis are, are, or no, it's not the next day. They actually ride the minicons out of the cave because, and they're they're enjoying their time. They're like, man, these. So I I wrote down some particularly egregious toy selling lines here. Um, so I think it's it's it, Carlos says these little robots totally rock, and then Rad <laughs> says, yeah, I get the feeling they're gonna come in handy. Buy those minicons, kids. Buy our toys. Buy our toys. The Street Action Minicon team available in stores now. Uh, then we see so there's some real classic Megatron vibes in the next scene because he's sitting on a throne and calling everyone around him a huge idiot. Wait, okay, there's a great line here where Sandstorm is where is he's talking to Sandstorm and Sandstorm's like, "Oh, cool Minicon you got there. Is that?" Is that Beryl again, Megatron Sama? And Megatron's like, you will refer to him as Beryl Sama. <laughs> he's my special little boy. Yeah, yeah, he's literally like everyone will refer to him as Beryl Sama as well, and everyone else. And like on the side, Starscream goes, huh. and he just has like this small little laugh. And Megatron's like, do you find something funny, Starscream? And he's like, no. <laughs> Am I a clown? Am I amusing to you? Listen, he, listen to me. Leader One outranks all of you idiots. He's my special little guy. Yeah, and you know what? There's a reason for this. Because Leader One turns into a fucking fusion cannon. Yeah, he fucking, he, he turns into a gun and Megatron just starts shooting at everybody. Yeah, he just like shoots at, shoots at Sandstorm and says, I was like, please don't. Which is that's 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 Galvatron vibes right there. Galvatron just randomly shooting at his own men. Yeah, <laughs> the sweeps uh, exclusively exist so Galvatron can blow them up when he's mad. <laughs> oh, Ugh. why why have the power of Unicron if you're not going to use it to uh, 
<laughs> to kill clones. Exactly. So then, so 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 Cyclonus says, "Well, I couldn't find the I couldn't find the base." But then, so Megatron brings them all over to a screen and says, "I've see, I, I I looked at some vehicles on Earth, and these look way cooler than whatever dumb bullshit you turn into. So turn into <laughs> this now." And they're like, "Hell yeah!" Um, so that, that we see <laughs> we see that the the street action team can move so fast they can hydrofoil on water and i got to say these seem really unsafe for these teens to have it's fine don't worry about it like i i just it grindor has rockets on him that's carly at least they're wearing helmets i will say at least they're they're cool extreme teens they do practice proper helmet safety cuz that's do. the coolest thing of them all it's right. They they wear helmets and they don't do drugs. So then, so while they're riding, they're they're having a lot of fun, and then the Decepticons show back up. They yeah. warp back down, like exactly where they are. It's so funny. Yeah. So Mega so Megatron has the plot a, holes. The plot holes in this series are unnavigable. <laughs> they are. Um. And so, well, I guess I, I assume they. Oh, actually, no. They in the dub, Cyclonus says, "Oh yeah, I I, I actually picked up." Uh, two minicons who are awakened on Earth. I don't know where the ship is, but I know where those minicons are. So that's how they know. Yeah. Um, and so Megatron plops down there, and he has an extremely toy-accurate transformation, which is really funny because it, me- <laughs> it means that his entire body is visible on the underside of the tank. You can just see his head <laughs> still there. It's Thank really God. funny. So I assume, so everyone warps in, they're completely surrounded by gigantic military vehicles, which is terrifying. And I assume the only reason Megatron didn't immediately turn them into Red Mist is because he did not want to blow up the Minicons. Because they are riding the Minicons. Right. So they're like, well, we need to extricate these little meat bags from the guys we want somehow. And we can't, we can't just shoot my huge tank cannon at them. Yeah, I don't want that getting in my gears. (laughs) So, we forgot to mention at a certain point, Optimus is, is uh, scans a truck mode, um, and kind of he, funny in the Japanese version that he's called convoy before becoming a convoy. And it's weird in the dub. He says when he's doing it, he says, "I need to scan for other Decepticon activity," and he scans the truck like he's looking to see if it's a Decepticon. And but then it's he turns not, and he's like, "Actually, this rules." Actually, this is cool. So then that brings us to one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So they're they're completely surrounded. Megatron is chasing them. Uh they're 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 he's gaining on them. And then you just hear a truck horn. Yeah. And Optimus T bones Megatron. It's so good. Optimus loves honking his horn in this episode, by the way. It's incredible. He loves it. He loves being a truck so much. <laughs> So like That's Megatron for my gets, truck nuts, asshole. Yeah, he he gets Megatron back for kneeing him in the nads earlier, and just completely <laughs> sideswipes Megatron. It's so good because it, it's really funny because like Megatron is, is like, "Ha ha, you will soon be in my grip," and then you just hear wah wah, and then in like three <laughs> frames, Megatron gets just owned. <laughs> it's so good. He, he's like. <laughs> He's like leaning up against a rock, so you can see his undercarriage, and his it's just his it's just his torso, it's just his body. Um, and so oh yeah, so then the other Decepticons go over and say, "Hey, are you all right, sir?" And Megatron just goes, "What the fuck? Go get the Minicons, assholes!" 
I'm fine. Go get the fucking minicons. And so Demolisher <laughs> goes to try and grab the kids. Yeah, and Optimus, Optimus is like, guess what? No. This isn't even my final form. So, <laughs> so then Optimus just rams right into him. And like runs him over <laughs> like he runs it he runs it rams into him demolisher tries to like stop him and then optimus just pedals to the metal and just runs over him <laughs> yeah oh not before like shooting his face full of bullets oh, right that's right because he, he has a turret on his cab or in, which i don't think is standard issue on on uh on haulers like Seems that unlikely. I guess... so like yeah, yeah like sandstorm is half like St- or wait, no, rather, uh, Ironhide is, like, I... half-stuck underneath him. Yeah, <laughs> so he's the... rolling him over and, like, dragging him along, and he just, like, directs his turret straight at his face and shoots his face. <laughs> Ironhide should be super dead. Yeah, in this in this show, lasers do not have... The, the, the weapons don't really do much, seemingly. Um, yeah, it's kind people of like... Plink, plink, plink. Yeah, people get... Sh- when they are not Minicon-powered... The uh, the lasers don't seem to do very much, <laughs> which I guess is c- supposed to convey like, now nah, they, they they need these fucking minicons to do anything, uh, especially the Autobots, who by the way, the Decepticons turn into military vehicles and have guns built onto them. The Autobots don't. I think they forgot their guns at home. Yeah, they're like, but check out this cool car I turn into. Yeah. So. Yeah, he runs, he runs over to Molisher and then opens his car door and says, hey, get in, kids. Um, and Alexis recognizes the Autobot symbol, so they climb in. Um, and then Starscream and... and uh, Starscream, does Optimus turn into a super mode yet? I think he does, right? Yes, this is where... He's like, yeah, this isn't even my final form. And he's like, check this shit out. And it's like, why didn't you do this from the beginning, man? <laughs> he doesn't but... have his trailer with him. <laughs> So, so yeah, he, he turns into super, super con- or, or or convoy great as it's called in the Japanese version. <laughs> great, that's a great convoy right there. He says Optimus Prime Super Mode, and then he they, we see the stock footage that we will undoubtedly see a billion times. But you know what? It's fine. It looks pretty cool. Um, and he turns into a bigger, taller robot, but he, he just gets shot a bunch because he's a bigger target. <laughs> Yeah, he's literally, it's literally just, like, bigger than before, and that's basically where the episode ends. Yeah, well, where it ends is that uh, Red Alert and Hotshot reappear, um, also in their Earth modes now, and they're they're here to fight the Decepticons. Yep. Um, and I, I have a note here. Do, do, did you, you didn't have the Red Alert toy, right, as a kid? I didn't have any of the Armada toys. I did, and so Red Alert had light and sound action because he was like a, a larger scale toy um and his voice <laughs> he also shot a disc out of his chest but the main thing is that when you press the autobot symbol on his chest he went red alert woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and that was the only voice line <laughs> red alert woo, 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 woo. it's the funniest thing in the world i'm gonna insert it here just so everyone can hear how fucking funny it sounds fantastic so yeah he goes he goes he just goes super mode with basically no fanfare or explanation and this is where so we're episode three base what is it called in, in the sub friends and companions ah how nice um 
So this is where the recap contains literally dialogue <laughs> that happened. I, I assume that this was like cut from the previous episode because it's like dialogue from Red Alert and Hotshot that just straight up does not happen in the previous one. It's hmm. so weird. Hmm. None, literally none of the recap has anything that happened in the last episode. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's, it's more like a cold open. Um, and this is where I put down, did the Autobots forget to bring fucking guns? Because they don't have any guns, so they're just, <laughs> they're just getting blasted. And Megatron's like, I want to introduce you to my little friend. So, alright, this is where the beginning of questionable looking screen caps happens. Because uh, it's extremely funny, Megatron powerlings is with Leader One, which causes his cannon which to... Which is, to... by the way, that's what it's called. That yeah, So they don't all, say the mini-cons, it. all the minicons can... Um, attach themselves to not mini cons um, and basically provide boosts. Yes. Um, so, and this was also, these are all like things that could, you could, the toys could do. There were certain mini con, every uh, toy had a bunch of different mini con ports that you could plug the mini cons onto. But uh, certain ports had like a spring loaded thing that would activate something. So, like, uh, Megatron, I think Megatrons would activate light and sound if you plug leader one on. Uh, later we see Hotshot has like a shoulder cannon, uh, like a, that forms out of his axle. Uh, Red Alert gets a gun, which I mean, it makes me wonder why he didn't have that before. I don't know why you would have a gun that you need a minicon to power links to you to use, man. But yeah, he so Megatron power links. He's a pacifist. He's a medic. I guess so. Megatron powerlinks with Leader One and starts fucking blasting. Unfortunately, his he, he he starts shooting ropes. This is so fucking funny. He cannot control the recoil. It's the funny shit. <laughs> he he's getting blasted across. The, he's getting he first like blasts himself to the other side of this mesa that they're on, and then just falls fully backwards. I have a uh, my first screen cap that I took here that I will share with you. I, I will put it in. Uh, let's see. I'll put it in Soundwave files here for you. I have I have an extremely phallic-looking screen cap of Megatron on his back, shooting the cannon upwards. Look at that. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> he just yeah, he just falls on his ass because the fucking the lasers are too strong. <laughs> so obviously it's so the, he while he is he is literally like being driven backwards. He is sliding backwards. From the force of his cannon. Um, and, but so, but of course he falls on his ass. <laughs> just starts shooting lasers into the air. And he causes, he vaporizes a mountain. Yeah, and uh, Starscream, Starscream and Sandstorm like run over to him. It's like, are you alright, Lord Megatron? And as they're going over, <laughs> Optimus is like, hey, guess what? I'm still fucking here. Yep, and just starts and fucking batting him around. The funniest um, thing is he grabs Starscream by his head. And yeah, just like throws him into yeah, just, into Sandstorm. Just I love no, he how throws, it's 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 not it's Ironhide still. Yeah, oh yeah, it's Ironhide. So he grabs Demolisher by the head. Demolisher's having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, this is where Red Alert has an extremely Canadian delivery, like hot shot. <laughs> hot oh, shot. I also want to point out that um, the background music here is something like straight out of shadow of the colossus in the japanese version oh is that's interesting because yeah. the, the armada soundtrack is all like guitars and like electro beats no it's literally the track from shadow of colossus that's da-dun, 
Da-dun, da-dun. Oh, that might actually, that's kind of what it sounds like in the MRO. Like, I think, I think they probably have the same, actually, what are the eye, are the eye catchers, do the eye catchers have the, like, weird robot voice going like Transformers with guitars going on the background? Okay, so that's a dub original. Yeah. Honestly, it sounds kind of cool. I can't lie. It does. Yeah. No, I mean, I I always like that. Um... Transformers sort of funny. So yeah, so as as Starscream gets thrown by the head into uh, into Ironhide, Ironhide, Megatron's like, "Fuck this again!" Everyone retreat. Yeah. He doesn't leave. <laughs> he, leaves. he keeps leaving. Anytime he encounters even minor difficulties, like fuck this. Uh, but one person doesn't leave, and that one person is Sandstorm. And yeah, so... all of the all of the Autobots see that Sandstorm's like heading up towards a cave where like the kids have gone to they retrieve. Found a minicon panel, yeah. To retrieve a panel, and they're just watching this. They don't do anything about it. I want to be very so this, clear. They don't do anything about it, but they're like, uh-oh, where's Sandstorm going? It's fine. So this, this is where this picture of Cyclonus appears. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so literally, he, he shows up right outside, right outside the window, and he's like, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> you got games on in your the, phone? In this, in this he, cave entrance. He looks like the fucking super buff, like, Dunkelskog bear or whatever. The the really huge bear with the tiny head. It's so funny. He just, he just yoinks the fucking Minicon and leaves. Yeah, and then, yeah, he, like, literally just grabs the, the Micron and he's like, Alright, now I'm gonna warp out, bye. And no bye, one bitch. does anything about this. Okay, to be fair, they're humans. No, but, like, not the kids, like, not the Autobots watching from down below. Anyway. Yeah, and so yeah, so he leaves. Um, they they lost him when he got him. Uh, this is where so the kids here come down. Um, oh, and <laughs> no, wait, we actually we cut to the moon base first. We do get this um, because <laughs> I, I just want to I just want to spotlight some David K lines that are extremely funny. So originally he says this is taking far too long, and it's like listen, it's been a day. You have been waiting millions of years for the Minicons to resurface. Can you be fucking patient for a little while longer, Megatron? Calm down. Uh, but then there's... So, Cyclonus reappears. He has a Minicon. And everyone's like, ah, oh, cool. There's a line that Megatron has. Because <laughs> he's being, he's kind of berating his soldiers as usual, right? He's doing the yeah. Megatron thing. He's like, you fucking idiots, you huge, fu- you you massive fuck-ups. I can't believe I'm surrounded by huge, incompetent morons. But then, some Cyclonus reappears, and uh, they're, they're like, well, it's probably time to start creating this, turning this, like, Hulk of a, of a ship into a real base. And Megatron has an extremely jovial delivery of, come on, boys, we've got work to do. In the Japanese version, there is one line from Starscream I like here, which is just like the stereotypical emo boy, ch. Yes. <laughs> something oh. that, that uh, Megatron says here. But I just love the delivery of, come on, boys, we've got work to do. <laughs> like, this is why I mean when I say that, that David Cage's Megatron has this aspect of camp that makes him so yeah. fun. So then we... we uh, we cut down to Optimus. They're in. Are they in the base? I think they're in the yeah, base. Yeah, they're in the like base. The Minicon ship. Uh, and the, so already we're we're do, we're doing a lot of clip show stuff in this episode, which is a bad sign. Yeah. 
Um, this one, this episode, I feel like was written on like a uh, like a cr- produced on a fucking shoestring budget. They were like, uh, uh, quick, just shove old footage in there. Wait, because wait, three parts? We thought you said two parts. Uh oh, uh, yeah. Rad is gonna have like just in, in extreme detail tell Optimus what he, how he found the Minicons. Yeah, so Optimus and Rad are basically exchanging all the information in the known universe to each other, and um, like there's a great part where like. Alexa had been, like, very cautious of both sides for, like, Rad and Carlos were immediately, like, were like, oh, yeah, Autobots are awesome, woohoo! But Alexa's like, "Mm, they all seem like big evil robots to me. So, um, there's a great moment where, like, Rad and Carlos are, uh, are listening to Optimus talk about, like, the war and everything, and they're literally like, wow, cool robot! And Alexa's like, they're sentient, like, talking about the mini-cons, and Alexis is like, they're sentient creatures with rights, you dumb fucks. Yes. So this is this is where Rad asks, like, or maybe it's Alexis who asks, like, hey, like, aren't you also seeking the mini-cons to win the war? And Optimus is like, yeah, but we're nice about it. We don't, like, we aren't mean to them. We see, we see mini-cons as their own people. There's a line here, though, where... Um, Optimus is talking about how yeah the minicons were built and designed to be workers but never slaves. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, all right, Optimus. Uh, I feel like you aren't thinking too much about how the fact that you had like a like a a, a custom built labor class. Maybe think about that a little bit more, Prime. We're not um, going to get to class consciousness until like a decade later. <laughs> We, uh, the, all of the class consciousness stuff is in the fucking comics, I'm telling you. Well, it's in Prime there's, a bit. It is in Prime, but there's actually a scene in the comics where, uh, so, like, like I said, the, they have this, like, splinter moon base. The Decepticons eventually attack it and take it. Oh, you like, mean the Armada comics, a, sorry. Yeah, the Armada comics. Um, the Decepticons attack that, that splinter group moon base and, like, take it. Uh, Rad also gets kidnapped there. That Don't worry about that. He's trapped to a big bomb. Um... <laughs> It's not important. So, the Autobots and the Decepticons battle there. The Decepticons end up actually taking the moon base and all of the Minicons who live there. Um, and they, like, coerce the Destruction Team, who are the leaders of this, like, neutral splinter group, into working with them. And so, they uh, they give him they give them to Cyclonus to do, like, an on... Uh, to, to do, like, some, some on-planet uh, mission stuff. But the Destruction Team... Oh, they 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 basically like, oh, you want to use our power, huh? Okay, we'll give you all of our power, and they basically overload Cyclonus, drive him mad, and eventually turn him comatose by just pumping all of their power into him. Praxis. It's fucking cool. <laughs> and then, of course, they all get like put in fucking torture jail by Megatron in retaliation. He's like, "All right, fuck you, <laughs> you'll shits." Yeah. Um, but I should say, so Red Alert and, and Hotshot introduced themselves, uh, to the humans at this point. Yeah. And I want to, I want to, I want to. <laughs> Are we going to talk just, about the fist bumping? We will in a minute. I just want to say first that, so Red Alert just says, hi, my name's Red Alert. And then Hotshot says, you can call me Hotshot cause that's what I am. I don't take any prisoners. I was like, well, hi, what? <laughs> Sorry. What was that last bit? There's a lot to you, unpack there, Hotshot. You hot fucking shot, heard me. There's a lot to unpack there. He says, I'm Hotshot because that's what I am, which is a weird thing to say about your name. But then he says, I don't take any prisoners. Okay. 
Gotcha. You. <laughs> you're, Yikes, I, dude. I see why you're here. <laughs> you're the fuck. You're, you're here for the fucking wet work, huh, Hotshot? You like to. You like to murder. But yeah, I so, want to steal. Um. So this. So this is where. <laughs> so Carlos says, "Oh man, you guys are wicked cool, especially the way you can transform like that. Way cooler than those other dudes. They suck." And I gotta say, Carlos, don't be racist. They also transform. That doesn't make any sense. Right. That's not like the point is that the Decepticons are bad and evil. That's why they're not good. Not that the Autobots can transform. Think, uh, yeah. So this is where so the the humans are like they're they're they have bonded over this. Alexis is like, you know what? You guys seem all right. We gotta help these Minicons out, and they fist bump, and then Hotshot. Yeah, Hotshot, Hotshot holds his hand. I want to get in like, on this, and they and almost like kills the three of them. Yeah. They're like, whoa, hey, calm down. And he, he, the line he says is, uh, where is it? I want to slap fists with you, too. Oh, in the sub, he's like, sorry, I, I forgot about my size. Yeah, he, he kind of says that, too. He's like, I, I just wanted to slap fists with you guys, too. I forgot that I'm like, you know, I'm too big. But a good, <laughs> a good leader doesn't leave his home. He's hanging. <laughs> I mean, so, I'm hot shot. Come on, man. Optimus offers his fist, and he and, he and Hot Rod... Just fist bump over and over again. They love it. <laughs> They're they so into it. Shit. And eventually they get Ratchet to join in as well. <laughs> and it is literally shaking the base how hard yeah. they are fist They're bumping. Fist bumping. Uh, uh, Carl was like, man, I hope they don't hurt each I hope they, I hope they don't hurt themselves and their enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, it's so fucking funny. Um, Alright, so then we cut next we day. We cut to the next so, day at school. Where There's some incredible basketball banter going on because yeah. they're playing basketball and so the three of them like, are playing against uh jim and billy there's some chatter and billy <laughs> billy says in like the 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 mix is kind of low like the, it's more like yeah you got the background music so this is kind of muffled but it's like i I'll, I'll try my best to replicate exactly as i was like you are going down little boy you ain't ever gonna get past me pal the pot, the way he, it's just like, there's something about the way he delivers, like, you are going down, little boy. Are you prepared for the death you've earned, little man? <laughs> yeah, basically. Now, I gotta say, this really also casts Rad, Carlos, and Alexis as the bullies, because they're doing three-on-two basketball. Yeah, exactly! They're like, they're, so they're, like, beating Billy and Jim, and they're like, and they're like, yeah, that's the power of teamwork. I'm like, no, it's the power of cheating! There's three of you and two of them. What are you talking about? This isn't. This is extremely unfair. You guys, come on. Also, Alexis is like fairly tall, so you know. I think she is. She the tallest one. Yes. Maybe it's Rad. I don't know. Oh, Rad the, might the be point taller. Is that she's definitely taller than Carlos. Yes. The point is that they're stomping Billy and Fred brutally, and they're they're hanging out after the game, and this is where Billy notices uh, oh. Carlos's extreme, insane skateboard. And hey. Y'all want to talk about uh, gatekeep girl boss gaslight? Yes, because this is where, yeah, they're like Billy's like, hey, where you, where were you guys during that fucking earthquake? What the earthquake? Day? And, yeah, the Carlos really goes, what earthquake? Yeah, what? so Carlos Carlos is the gatekeep to Alexa's girl boss to uh, Rad's gaslight. Rad's gaslight. Yeah, he's literally like, oh, we must. I, I didn't see. I didn't hear any fucking earthquake. Maybe I was asleep. I don't know. Yeah, and they're like, the we know you were in the mountains. We saw your bike there. And it's like, what are you talking no, about? No. No, and then Alexa's like, well, 
if it were, if there was a worth earthquake, it would have been recorded by the station's equipment, wouldn't have it? And and Billy and Jim are like, the power went out there. And she's like, mm, no, I don't think it did. She's like, if it would have gone out, then the backup power would have worked. So sounds like you guys are just making it up. It's like, you guys are gaslighting these motherfuckers to death insane shit what the hell are you people talking about I, I i assume it's like we have to keep them away from the secret robot base but like you don't have to gaslight you can just say wow man oh we should say we forgot when billy and fred eventually do escape from the cave they see oh, yeah. the imprint that megatron left when optimus tackled him to the ground right and they think it's a giant footprint uh but when they return to the cave in this episode it's gone they're like oh fuck there's a fucking cover-up man so also the autobots are gaslighting them <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but they're not doing it consciously. You know, they're just, they're just like they're just covering the tracks. Yeah, they're These just covering the tracks. Like, These three are saying like the thing you experienced didn't happen. Insane. So this is where Billy is like, "Whoa, what the fuck kind of skateboard is this?" And Carlos is like, "Oh, oh this thing. Holy oh, shit. it's just like this is just my dad's skateboard from the eighties. It's nothing special." It's like okay. Carlos, there's fucking jets this on is, the back of your this skateboard. This is, in my opinion, the worst that this episode looks. The, yeah the, yeah so so they're talking about like uh they're talking about brad and carlos's new gear and because they're shitty 12 year old boys they're like yeah look how cool it is and it really it looks like the sweet bro and hella jeff we have achieved <laughs> lived off it's so, so they just they just like power up their things and they just like glide over a staircase. But it literally oh. looks like it's someone like taking a a JPEG, a transparent JPEG on a background and just moving it over it. Yep, it's we have achieved bad. lived off. This episode, like the other two episodes, looked hit or miss. But there's some pretty good looking bits of uh, the 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 first two episodes. This episode just looks like shit all the way through. <laughs> just looks very bad and this is just so bad uh, so we like cut back to the moon so base where yeah so meanwhile um, meanwhile starscream's like i've decided to cause problems on purpose yeah he and demolisher are just fighting so i assume that they're fighting over a minicon right like yes, they, they so, recovered another minicon yeah exactly they they they're fighting over the uh a, another another micron that has been recovered and starscream's like hey guess what i'm gonna kick your ass and ironhide's like you can't kick my ass, and Starscream's like, surprise, bitch, I can. Yep. So and he kicks he, his ass. Yeah, he kicks his ass. There is a, so he deploys his wing sword for the first time, which Ooh. is a thing that Armada Starscream has. I love it. Very cool. He can turn his, uh, I believe it's his right wing into a sword. Now, usually it glows like a lightsaber, but this time it doesn't. Uh, they hadn't decided that's what the effect it has yet. Now, when he... So, two things. First of all, I took this uh, clip of Star uh, this screenshot of Starscream and Demolisher wrestling because it uh, it um, uh, mm-hmm. well, I can draw your conclusions about how it looks. Um, but when Starscream puts his wing sword away after Megatron breaks up the fight, it looks so bad. It looks pretty his bad. hand just kind of vaguely goes near where the wing would go, and then the wing just kind of clips back onto it. Yeah, Megatron. So it, 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 it's so bad looking. Megatron breaks up the fight. He's he says the fight has been decided, and Starscream like smile. I, I won't allow it to continue any further. And Starscream like smiles smugly, and he's like, "Hell yeah!" 
Micron is mine. And then it goes over and, <laughs> and it back into the throne room and Megatron's like, anyway, uh, <laughs> Ironhide, you get this Micron. And Starsky's like, what? So interesting. I, I think in the uh, in the dub, this was not an official thing that Megatron was judging because he shows up and was like, "What the fuck are you two doing out here?" Oh yeah, no, Cut he wasn't it judging it. He wasn't judging it. He just came to stop it. Yeah, but so he, he was decided. Yeah, like, since you started shit Starstream, you don't get the fucking minicon. Oh no. Um, so oh, so it's interesting. He's like, Starstream's like, why do you mean I don't get the the micron? Like I'm clearly better. Like I'm clearly better than Ironhide, and. Megatron says in, in this sort of like very Megatron uh, in a very Megatron move he goes I know exactly how strong you are that's why you don't need help to find a Micron of your own oh that's yeah that's that kind of is like yeah so like that's a more so that's different slightly different he's basically like you are the only one who didn't find a Minicon I need you, if you want a Minicon you need to go find it on your own yeah, I'm he, not going to give you one. He specifically says, like, Starscream's like, I've proven that I'm strong. And, and Megatron's like, yes, I r- recognize that. You are strong. That's why you don't need the help. Um, See, that that it, 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 the dub doesn't have that bit of it. He's like, you, I, or maybe it does and I didn't pick up on it. But he's basically like, you need to, he's like, you go find your own fucking Minicon. You, yeah. you, you are acting like a real asshole right now. Um but the, uh, the 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 scene where they're all kneeling in front of Megatron starts with Starscream uh, basically telling on Demolisher like a bratty teen. I love him. He says, "And when Demolisher said he was your right man hand, I lost it, Megatron, because we know I'm next in line. I, we all know I'm your special little boy." <laughs> no, that's Barrel, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, Megatron's like, "No, you fucking asshole." <laughs> like the the delivery, I lost it. <laughs> like it's so fucking funny. Um, but yeah, so Starscream is is the only one who without he is miniconless. Um, so the 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 teens head into the they're exploring the secret the the secret Autobot base. Uh, Rad <laughs> says this place is wicked sweet. It's packed full of computers. It's like a candy store for geeks. What? <laughs> hey, what the fuck what? are you talking about? I really wanted Alexis to turn and go, what are you talking about, dude? What do you mean a candy store for geeks? Are you okay? So. <laughs> Did you hit your head in the cave or something? Are you so good? There actually is a really funny uh, joke in the Japanese version here, which is that Carlos can't ca- stop calling everything suge. Um, awesome. <laughs> so, like, That's literally, so he turns around and says, suge, suge, over and over again. And Alexa here, instead of saying, like, what the fuck are you talking about, um, says, like, can't you use any other word besides gay? And like Rad walks in and he's like, yeah, like you can say, um, like instead of saying incredible, you could say like the best, like uh, psycho, psycho, or um, what was the other word he used? Um, kakui. You could say cool um, or, or the best even. And Carlos just looks at him and goes, I could, but if it's incredible, I'm going to call it incredible. And so he just, like, keeps using Suge. And even after they have this conversation, every time something happens in the scene, he says Suge. Yep. And so this is where Optimus gives them laser beak. He's like, uh, all right, so this is... Yeah. I know you guys want to help. So I'm going to give you this to look at. It's, you so it's you called laser beak in the dub? Yes, it is laser beak oh, Okay, in the it's just the cyberhawk in the sub. Interesting. So yeah, Laserbeak is another, obviously another uh, sort of cross-factional change. Yeah. Laserbeak is, of course, uh, Soundwave's p- 
pet condor uh, in G1. Basically, you know, basically Laserbeak was always there to perch on whoever was around to perch on. He he perched a lot on Megatron and Soundwave, never on Starscream. Starscream never got Laserbeak to perch on his arm. He wasn't cool enough. But yeah, it's Laserbeak in the. In, interestingly enough, uh, so I, I all of the toys came with like catalogs for what else was out that year, right? So yeah. like, when you bought a toy, it's like oh, here, here's what else you can buy. Um, Laserbeak was in there in the like role play category because he was like um, he was like a fully he was basically to scale in the show. Um, he turns into a camcorder and a little cyber bird. And so the Laserbeak toy was to scale, and it was like a roleplay item. In the, the the final toy has the orange and blue color scheme that it has in the show. But in the catalog, I guess it was an early production model because the color scheme in the catalog is made way more reminiscent of Laserbeak's G1 colors. with like black and red. There's oh. some teal on there. It was really interesting, but I guess they decided to go away from the the G one uh, like reference for Laserbeak. So basically, like they get this thing as a way to like you. All right, so you, we're not, we don't really want to like super involve you. Optimus says he doesn't want to super involve them, but uh, as we as as it goes forward, he sure likes bringing them into battlefields. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think maybe he's just trying to get them killed to get them out of his hair. That's what I would do. Yeah, but Sen- uh, freedom like, is a right of all sentient beings, but living is not. <laughs> you have the freedom to come with us and uh, into this dangerous situation, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, what? Who knows how? I mean, humans live for such a short amount of time. You're adults, yeah. right? Twelve is an adult, <laughs> you're like, right? I have yeah, no you're, idea. You're, you're like middle age or whatever, right? I don't know. I'm several million years old. <laughs> I don't know what a child is, so. This is when the fucking klaxons start going off and everyone runs to the command center. And I love the, like, pulsing rainbow hollow display that this base has. I fucking love that shit. Yeah. There's a bunch of graphs and bars going all over the place. And I don't know what any of it means, but it looks cool. And so, yeah, the the bunch of minicons have all started uh, awakening since uh, since the, the kids have awakened the three main minicons here. And so, like... Time to go. It's time for the ma- the the driving force of every episode from now on. We're gonna go to a place to find a minicon, and that is the setup for the remainder or for the remainder of the first half of uh, Transformers Armada. Yeah, it's a. F- I I still think it's a fun show. Like obviously the dub is a early two thousands anime dub, so it's got all of the warts of that. But honestly, I think it's not as bad as some other uh, of its contemporaries. Well, I mean, like most most <laughs> things seem to be like carried over pretty well. Characters seem mostly the same. Obviously, I, I do wish they they had left in Megatron saying. I think it was mostly like, I think the the thing they took there is like, if you want to be my right hand man, you need to prove yourself capable. Yeah. Like if you want if you want to be the strongest, I need to see that you are capable of doing so. Yeah, that's uh, that's the first three episodes there. The the kind of loose ish three parter. I mean, they're they're kind of a continuous plot, sort of. I mean, yeah, really. in the way that a television show has a continuous yeah. plot. <laughs> but from now on, every other episode is basically going to be they're going to go to a place and they're going to find a guy. Yeah. Every episode is about learning about a new type of guy. Uh, every episode, someone makes up a new guy. 
Yep. And by the way, we should I guess we should say they aren't named in this episode, but Cyclonus's minicon is named Crumple Zone and Demolisher's minicon is named Blackout. Okay. Oh, it's Blackout? <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Um one second, let me let me see what those are. Give me a second. Crumple Zone. What a stupid name. That's another new name, I think. That is a new uh It yeah, it definitely is. Um Second. The Crumple Zone is <laughs> Crumple Zone is just named Canon. Okay. In Japan, Japanese. And Blackout is Search. He's yes, like a, I did remember they did say search when he was being gifted to Because he's like a radar truck or something. Yeah. He's like he's got like a radar dish. Yeah. Um Yeah, so Blackout and Crumple Zone are the are the minicons. Uh none of the other Autobot Oh no, they actually no, I forgot. we totally forgot to mention, yeah. Red Alert and Hotshot just find some minicons. Oh yeah, they around. also they also got got their guys. Don't worry about Hot it. Hotshot's partner is Jolt, who in Japanese is named Oh, Japanese is also Jolt. Um and Red Alerts is Longarm, uh who is Hook in Japanese. That's funny. That is so funny. One of the one of the Constructicons just gets uh just some guy. So yeah, they're, but they're both Constructicons. They are both cranes. Um, it just oh no, it's long haul, like a... long haul, not long arm. Yeah, long arm. Long arm is another new, uh, another a new name. Yeah. So like, although I think G one Hook is like a fucked up doctor, right? Isn't that who Hook, he is? Hook is Hook is G one Decepticon medic CMO. Yeah, yeah. all the Would Constructicons want... are the medics, but Hook is the C- CMO. Even though um, Scrapper is the leader of the Constructicons. Scavenger, I believe in. Uh, English. No, no it's not Scrapper. It's, uh, no, it's Scrapper. Scrapper, yes. Scrapper. Yeah, it's just Scrapper. Scavenger is also a Constructicon, but he is not Scavenger the is them. another guy. Yeah. Scavenger, in this show later, uh, in a very uh, G1 Constructicon-inspired deco. Alright, so yeah, that's uh, that's Armada. Obviously, since this is the first recorded episode, we don't have any questions. We'll probably do questions posts uh, going forward. But I am excited to continue on. I there's some there's some interesting stuff that happens in this first bit of uh, of Armada, yeah. Of the like going around to find a guy because like this first stage is going around to find guys. Then slowly we learn oh these guys can become a thing. So then we go around finding the things. Right, right. <laughs> and then the last half of Armada is making up a kind of guy to get mad at. <laughs> Um, yeah, really, that that and that's that's what Armada is about. Armada is just a, a show about guys and very about making up guys over and over Mercury again. Yeah, to sell toys, uh, to sell so many toys. There are a bunch of minicon toys that never actually made it into the show. I think, um, or not a bunch, but like a few of them. Yeah. No, actually, all of the minicons I think made it in. Well, Mazel to all not, of them. But uh, of course, all of the uh, all of the minicons had like bios in the toy line. Like they were all separate characters for the most part. But in the show, they're just guys. They're just little guys. Don't worry except about it. Don't the, worry about uh, it. They ex- love it. They love it. Except for the street action minicon team, they're the o- they're basically the only ones that have. Uh... Although you know, interesting enough, right now they love it. They're just little guys who love it. I think later on in the show, there are episodes about like these minicons kind of don't want to be in the war. I think in particular, it's the space minicon team that has a thing. Was like they don't want to be part of this anymore. Yeah, 
Which makes sense because a space minicon team turns into something called the Requiem Blaster. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> which is a bad time if you get hit by that, as we'll learn later. Should we do yeah, plugs? Uh, yeah, plug time, I guess. Uh, why don't you go first, sure. I suppose. Um, as a whole, you can find us on the Noise Space XYZ network, which you can find at noisespace.xyz. We're very excited to be there. Thank you to Matt. GameCube for putting us up on there. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of other good shows on the network. Uh, you can listen to things like uh, The Sonic Shuffle and Kamarocho Radio. And if you're interested in this show, probably you'd be interested in Wow Cool Robot, which is about Gundams. But robots, they're cool. Um, they're cool. And uh, you can also follow our account at... Uh, on Twitter at uh, Prime Cuts Pod, and our URL now is a link to our Discord, uh, which I just put in as we were recording this. Uh, a permanent link to our Discord, which you should join and hang out with us. Um, Watch along; it's free on Tubi and YouTube. It's 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 everywhere. It's all of Transformers is basically on Tubi, which is very funny. Um, Except that if you want to watch Micron Legend, you'll have to kind of go to the, the usual shady anime sites for that yeah. one, and it'll probably be very poor quality shout out shout out to my boy go go anime um sponsored by go go anime <laughs> uh i'm i've been audrey you can find me personally on tumblr and twitter at optimum on prime which is my funny robot internet joke that hopefully you can all appreciate or at least appreciate if you're in any area where optimum online provides service um and I don't have any, uh, you can also follow me, follow my other podcast that I do also on the Noise Space Network, Pod of Greed, which is a Yu-Gi-Oh! Watch podcast. We're towards the end of season two of GX and things are just a little nutty. Um, <laughs> they sure are. Things are just a little nutty. Uh, don't have any other projects in the making at the moment. Oh, that's at Pod of Greed cast on Twitter. Um, don't have any other, uh, project in making at the moment, but if you're interested in hearing more from me, uh, you can follow at the reticulation. That's T-H-E-R-E-T-I-C-U-L-A-T-I-O-N on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook for updates about a website. I'm trying to start with a friend of mine, uh, to uplift and spotlight LGBT voices in the realm of pop culture criticism. And, uh, you can find me on Twitter at DragonSmoocher. Uh, I mostly just retweet good art and shit. Um, you can listen to the entirety of the Podcast of Power, a she and the princesses of power deep dive podcast me and my friend jane did over the past year and a half that's over at pod of power on twitter um or at podcast of power on twitter uh you can also listen to me every other week on disney minus talking about shit over there just recorded an episode on the lion king 2 simba's pride with a uh you know sexy emo lion uh the next one we're gonna be doing is nightmare before christmas because it is that season Half of that season of that movie. That movie is like, it's always good. So you, you get to watch that movie twice a year, basically. Yeah. You can watch it for Halloween and you can watch it for Christmas. Um, looking forward to that. You can also find the, uh, that's at Disney Minus Pod. I don't know if I said that. You can also find me and Jane's future project, uh, which will undoubtedly consume years of our lives. The, the, the we, are, we are doing an analysis of Final Fantasy fourteen as a whole text. Which is a thing only insane people do, <laughs> because that game has been written by like fifty people and has takes place over the course of like ten years and whatever. That's Heidel- Radio Free Heidelin over at Heidelin Radio on Twitter. That is of course spelled H Y D A E L Y N Radio on Twitter. That's going to be starting up next year. 
But uh, next week, we will be talking about, uh, let's see, our next... Two episodes. I guess. Yeah, two episodes. So that will be episodes four and five, which are Comrade and Soldier in the... The uh, the dub. I'll let you know when I get to the names in in the sub. <laughs> I can't. I literally can't find them anywhere except uh, except in the episode. Yeah, actually translated in the episode screen. Um, and until then, I'm gonna um, put my animation through quality assurance, transform, and roll out. I am going to hand the minicons a copy of Capital by Karl Marx and transform and roll out and rise up, comrades. See you next time. Peace. See ya. Peach.